dear viewers, and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I'm going to pause here before Ooh. I introduce you, Joshua. Okay. Because now I've done such a good job of getting viewers yes. tucked away in my head brains. Mm-hmm. But we're actually going to listen to our listeners, and we're going to make the audio stream available where One Nation Under Whiskey lives and where Extra Extra used to live. I'm so glad you brought this up and you, and you front-loaded this bit, right, so that the, the viewers slash now listeners can hear this. Yes, how many people <laughs> have reached out to you to say, that's great and all, but I'm not a YouTube person. Why can't I hear you in my ears? And so, so we're gonna <sighs> we're gonna take the the double pronged approach of and, of. Uh, and so many of those people said you have faces for podcasts. Like it, I found that a little hurtful, a little hurtful. Huh, no one's. I mean, people have told me that you've got a face for podcasts. <laughs> I've been told I have hair for YouTube. That's what <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting talking to Mark Bolin. Ah, bang a gong, baby. Get it on. <laughs> and you shouldn't open that door. He, he. Yeah, yeah, right there. Is Joshua Hatton. And That's I right. am Jason Johnston Yellen. And in each episode of Extra Extra, we bring a whiskey news story to the fore. As evidenced by the names that are here in the windows. Do you see that? But people listening can't read your name. Oh, that's right. See, I got to remember these things, Jason. Sorry, continue. Yep, you do you. Head brains. So we cover it. We we chat. We we discuss. We we have the ins and outs and wherefores, and we also have a wee dram along the way. As regular viewers and listeners know, we always get out of here in a tight thirty-five, and so we begin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I, th- I think that this episode is going to be great. I know you're leading it, but this is this subject that we're about to, to talk about uh, is really falls in line, I think, with um, with what we've aimed to do in sort of yep. season seven of, of One Nation Under Whiskey. Where we're focusing on uh, climate and culture um, and this sort of fits in. So I'm excited. Well, and I tell you what, we actually had this story sent to us by a couple, um, if not a few, regular listeners, viewers, Here participants. One is go. Kevin Dunlop. Am I remembering mm-hmm. that correctly? 100%. Yep. And I was going to say the other was James Foster, but yeah. is that, yeah. is that you, correct? You nailed it. Yep. James Foster. Oh, oh my gosh. James Foster, one of the people leading the charge for audio uh, extra, extra in the face of YouTube. Send in a link. What a, what a good lad he is. You'll be happy if he's listening to this. <laughs> so, so the article sent in by those two gentlemen is from the Washington Post. It is entitled "In Scotland, Making Whiskey with Energy from Wind, Wood Chips, and Tides" by William Booth, and it went live March twenty third of this year. It is. A reasonable length. We are going to scratch the surface of it in our Type 35. Mm-hmm. And the link is live below. 
Yes, in that that is in the YouTube thing. If you're in you the are, YouTube you know space, what? I'll tell you what. I'll even I'll even make a link. I'll make a link for the for the podcast. If people go to our website, they can click on that or to our Facebook page. Sounds perfect. Absolutely perfect. But yeah, to to absolutely echo what you just said a moment ago, Joshua, this has been a remit of ours in 2023. We want to be talking about the realities of climate change. We want to be talking about the realities of this industry in Mm -hmm. which we work and operate. And and I'm I'm excited for for some of our riffing today because I, I think there's a portion here where we can talk about the industry, as the headline does here, we can talk about wind, we can talk about wood, we can talk about <laughs> tides, <laughs> and we can talk about peat, right? And we can talk mm-hmm. about those very real um, energy sources, and in some cases, necessary flavor components. Mm, sure. But I think there's a wider question in play um, within our industry, and, and that's something I, I would say up my sleeve, but I don't have much sleeve on today. It's quite pleasant in Virginia today, um, but, I, but I do have this stored away for later. So where do we want to begin, Joshua? Well, there was a bit in this article that I, that I really enjoyed where it talked about, you know, basically all Scottish distilleries voluntarily trying to do better, you know, working together to work towards a greener environment and changing how they, uh, how they operate. And so I wonder if you can, you can start there. I think that'd be a good place to go. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to echo from just what you said there for regular extra, extra viewers who are maybe not one nation under whiskey listeners, part of our discussions in season seven are trying to move away from the greenwashing that sometimes occurs in industries around being better, environmentally better, climate related better. And so in listening to you a second ago, when we're talking about the industry has come out and the industry has said it wants to do better. Well, there's a very much a way in which, yes, a lot of industries say that, right? Yeah. Now it's, uh, and that's been our goal for season seven, feet to the fire. What yeah. does that look like, right? So the part that you're referencing here uh, goes, the owners of the 140 distilleries in Scotland have pledged voluntarily to transform the industry and make their operations net zero in carbon emissions by 2040. A decade earlier, than Britain as a whole, and five years earlier than Scotland has promised. So that's a good thing to hear, right? Here it comes. Here's a warm-up. Here's a promise. (laughs) Voluntarily undertaken by the industry. Does Does that set you off? Like when you read that, do you think... Okay. Like, is is that just like lip service or, or it like is that your mode, like skepticism up front? Not necessarily, but it pricks up my ears. Okay. Because I'm okay. thinking, okay, you're you're making a pledge. Pledges aren't necessarily worth the paper they're written on, uh, even when that's digital paper. But it's uh if it's 140 distilleries, right? If it's Scotland's entire industry saying this, mm-hmm. you've got my attention at least, right? You, okay. You've you've given me something to keep an eye on. 
Mm-hmm. I want to add on here that there's a, there's a part that follows on from that. Many polluting industries, shipping, steel, aviation, cement, are similarly vowing rapid change based on technologies that are not yet available on a commercial scale. It can be difficult to separate serious commitment from campaign slogans. So mm. I think our, our chap here, William Booth, is spot on, right? Absolutely spot on here, yeah. right? Yeah. It can be difficult to separate serious commitment from campaign slogans. And what I like about that is I'm hearing this rising tide from concerned consumers mm. who are saying, don't just tell me what I want to hear. Do the things that I want to see. Yeah, there was, and I don't have the quote here in our little banners, like viewers have been watching the banners pop up, but there was one <laughs> quote in the article that I found striking and, and almost a, a welcome comment, like a very honest comment. And that was from the... Um, the CEO or the managing director of Brooklady, mm-hmm. where they're saying, "Look, our our aim is to be to be a better distillery from uh, an energy usage standpoint, but we're a distillery and not an energy company. This stuff isn't easy." And I yep. really liked reading that. I liked I liked that open honesty from him. Yeah, that was Douglas Taylor. Yeah, uh, yeah, the company's chief executive over at Brooklady. Yeah. yeah, we're a drinks company. We're not an energy company. We don't own a wind turbine or tidal <laughs> machine, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but also then Taylor uh, Taylor also talks there about the need for hydrogen, right, or a desire mm. to use hydrogen. Mm. Where hydrogen? <laughs> I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying hydrogen. Hydrogen. Um, hydrogen. hydrogen. It's been, it's been a very long day. We've all had a good time. We've all had a good time. Um, but, but he says, like, even if we want to use hydrogen, it's not mm. available on Isla. And so, so this, this is actually part of what I wanted to discuss today is last time I was in Scotland with Jess, and this was last mm-hmm. May, and we were driving around, we were talking about the future and talking about electric vehicles. And there's talk about electric vehicles in this article as well. Sure. You know, will there come a day when electric buses are driving whiskey tourists um, around the wilds of Scotland? Mm. And Jess and I were having this conversation where we're at a teeter-totter point right now, a seesawing point, mm-hmm. which is there's a desire but limited infrastructure. Yeah. And there's not going to be increased infrastructure without greater demand. But you're not going to get greater demand because people aren't necessarily buying the, the vehicles in this case because there's not an infrastructure. And there's there's a, a little chicken in the egg situation the chicken here, right? in the egg there, right? <laughs> and so so it's interesting to to read Taylor here saying we'd we'd be up for using hydrogen. But there's actually another quote in the the Taylor section here. Um um, oh, it's, so it's actually not a quote. This, this, is, um, this is from the author, William Booth, not from mm. uh, Taylor. Brooklady, right? The distiller mm-hmm. switched from using heavy oil to medium oil to a commercial heating oil. A little cleaner, yes, but a long way from net zero. 
So, right. And, and then yeah. and you and I were talking about this before we hit record, the, the anaerobic uh, digestion uh, device that, mm. that was big talk a decade ago, right? There was the, the Valanche bottling around that as well. It says in the article it failed, right? That that was hopefully going to supply fuel to the distillery, and and it failed. And so, Could, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> what I was going to ask is, you know, it, you and I know about that bottling. You and I are familiar with that little bit of history with Brooklotti, but I but I imagine there's a lot of viewers slash listeners that that don't really know what that anaerobic thing was. Could you maybe nutshell that just just for the viewers? <laughs> I think all I think all I have is nutshell, which was byproducts <laughs> from the distilling process were going to be reused, essentially reformatted to fuel the distillery. Yeah, there you go. Right. Okay. Like it was a bold idea. The part that I want to address about it is time was spent on that. Money mm. was spent on that. Mm-hmm. There was an attempt made that ended up coming to nothing. And if if you're a distiller and your you know your accountants are watching your your pennies and your pounds, how far can you go with it? when you have to turn around and say, yeah, that was a failure, but now we're going to work on this next project. You know, those, those bean counters get to a point where they're like, you know, we could just use a cleaner heating oil and move forward. Uh, and we'd know where we stand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a yeah. trade-off. It's, it's, it's a trade-off and it's never good when bean counters decide uh, what you're doing, which is why I like, that they went forward with this anaerobic digestion system. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out, but you know, it, it's nice hearing that there's other ideas um, for our industry to be to be using, which the article discusses a bit further. Yeah, I was going to say right on the heels of that, Joshua. There's another quote that we're going to present in in banner form here, which actually speaks a little bit to success. Which how lovely is that? Mm-hmm. Piggybacking on Scotland's green transition, the whisky sector here has reduced its carbon emissions by more than half since 2009, as it has gone from consuming just 2% renewable energy to 39% renewable energy in 2022, right? So so steps are being made, right? Successes are being seen, and you know, you started out by asking me, you know, when, when you hear this pledge from 140 distilleries, are you a little skeptical? I'm like, well, maybe by nature, but I try to be, you know, a little mm-hmm. positive. Then you see a number like that in 13 years, an increase of 37 uh, percent use huge. of renewable energy. Ah, pretty tidy, pretty tidy. And I know we. <laughs> I was listening back to the the Matt Hoffman uh, Westland episode that we just released. I was listening back to it over the weekend. And even then, they were still making the joke of water treatment plants existing behind cops of trees. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of like, look, there's a real number, right? Mm-hmm. right? Renewable energy has increased 37% in the Scotch whiskey industry in 13 years. Let's rejoice. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's well worth celebrating. You know, I want to say this next thing without 
coming across as as controversial. And and I definitely I don't want this to be a political statement in any way. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do it. Uh, here in the US, you know, you've got two major parties. You've got the left and the right. And you've got the left that really want some serious progressive issues to be pushed through. And then you've got those on the left that are looking for their issues to be pushed through. Sorry, those on, on the, the right. right. Thank you. <laughs> for their issues to be two, pushed through. Two lefts through, right? don't make a right. <laughs> You're right. Two lefts do not make a right. Four lefts. But, four lefts make but, a right. But, <laughs> now you're just back at the same place after that point. <laughs> right. Um, and But both sides, even though they have opposing opinions, both sides bellyache that what they want can't happen immediately. That's because things don't happen as soon as you want them. That is not how life works. Things happen in increments, and all you could do is your very best to push it forth and try to make those increments come quicker, you know, get to your goal faster. And and I and I think that this this definitely should be celebrated, you know, 37% more renewable energy being used in how many years was it 11 years uh, 13 13 years yeah that's a, that's a, that's awesome that doesn't mean great we've done it now we don't have to do anything it means you've hit that goal let's go to the next one yeah yeah <sighs> <laughs> yes <laughs> just to to return to the point that was made a moment ago it's interesting what you're saying there about it doesn't happen overnight, right? You, you don't get what you want overnight. There's a component to for me, which is the consumer needs to know this is a thing they can demand. This is a thing they can ask for. Mm-hmm. And and I know that, that a distillery like Nick Nian has really come to the forefront mm-hmm. as, and I think, is it, is it Arbicki? Uh, is another one is it our our Bicky that's in there? No, it's it's um Ardgowan. 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 Gowan. That's it. Yeah. Ardgowan have come to the front here as well, and it, it seems to be if if you're a newer distiller, hmm. what's your selling point? What's your point of difference? What's a story you can tell that the the big players, the behemoths, can't tell? And, and I think for the last few years, certainly since, since Nick Nian came on the scene, there's been this opportunity for a Scotch distillery to talk about organic, renewable. Mm. Um, I, I would add an estate there. We have, of course, heard Ardna Merkin talking about estate from the beginning as well. Sure. Um, the, the one, oh gosh, Ballandalloc. Ballandalloc also talked estate. Uh, they're around the corner from Craggenmore. Yep. Um, they came on the scene talking about estate. And so there, there were these different ways to talk about your product. And we have mm. a quote here from Annabelle Thomas, the founder of McNean Distillery within the article. And, and Annabelle Thomas says, high-end whiskey is a luxury, an indulgence, uh, the quote. And if the industry doesn't change, we will lose younger generations. And I think as you and I have talked in 
2023, as we've gone through the end of season six of One Nation Under Whiskey and into season seven, we've talked about what does it even mean to be Scotch whiskey? <laughs> what demands can we place upon this spirit that we love to drink, we yeah. love to share, we love to talk about? Can we in turn place demands upon it? And previously, we had erred on the side of, well, you know, there is a little bit of back and forth, left and right, you know, political dissension. And mm-hmm. But in speaking to younger people, there, and I'm, you know, I'm going to upset Jess by saying 30 and below. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I've said it. Fighting words. This is fighting <laughs> words. It's recorded. <laughs> um, like, like, this is what young people are talking about, yeah. right? It, yeah. it does matter. And and there's, a, there's an add-on to that point that I'm going to make once we come into um, an ingredient in particular that we're both very fond of. There's a, a larger point I'm going to be making. But, but what do you make of high-end whiskey is a luxury, an indulgence. We got to change or we're losing younger generations. Do you think do you think that that makes sense? Does that bear fruit? I I think I think potentially, but I think there's a bit of a disconnect here which 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 may be tied to to the next thing that you want to bring <laughs> up is like Scotch whiskey, you know, when you, when you talk to someone about Scotch whiskey, especially those who don't know anything about Scotch whiskey, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, I don't like Scotch. It's it's all that smoky stuff. Out of 140 mm-hmm. distilleries, you have between eight and ten, maybe twelve distilleries. Let's let's call it around ten that are doing peated spirit with any regularity and then a few others that that do it now and again maybe a couple weeks out of the year um the vast majority of scotch whiskey simply is not peated so if that plays into the potential of using losing sorry younger generations because they're upset that the industry is being so hurtful to the environment Mm -hmm. well that's that's it's not accurate. I mean, the the industry itself is using around a percent of the overall peat consumption within the UK. 96% of it was being used by gardening centers, and that's no longer happening. So I can I can appreciate a younger consumer wanting to be very conscious about where he or she puts puts their money because I do the same. I support companies who I think are are being um are doing things the way that I would like to see. So, so I get that. And I'm not a younger person. Um, Definitely Jason, not. you did not have to agree with oh, that. Sorry. I was, oh, no sorry. Vehemence. It's just so oh. like, no, <laughs> I thought you liked it when I agreed with you. Okay. Sorry. My mistake. My mistake. <sighs> so, so I, I definitely agree with, with Annabelle there that, you know, we will, we can lose younger generations I think the Scotch whiskey industry is doing its part to to help offset that potential. But I think that the industry as a whole needs to do a better job of educating consumers 
as to the realities of, mm-hmm. of peat usage with scotch whiskey, uh, like specifically with that, right? Specifically with that. So hold off on Pete for a moment, because we're, we're definitely going to circle back to Pete. But yeah. if you think about wind, well, mm-hmm. it ends up, you end up with turbines that are on hillsides that many people think are an eyesore. Mm-hmm. If you think about burning wood chips, you're spending a decade build, you know, building out a forest, growing a forest, right? Comes with an Allen key, you reach right, out to, to IKEA, they have the whole thing, right, the whole forest right, for you. Right, to, to, then, to then burn it and put it back into the atmosphere, right? If you think about peat, we're, we're digging up carbon and now we're putting that up into the atmosphere as well. If you think about the water, right? We are in some instances facing drought conditions in certain parts of the summer, in certain parts of Scotland. Nobody ever saw that coming. So this high intensity of, of water usage, right? Mm-hmm. So we can identify the problems. The, the problems are, are pretty clear. It's an industrial process that happens oftentimes in rural communities. Mm. And that's that's always been partly one of the fascinations for me with Scotch is where distilleries live and reside, right? You don't have to go to to Scotland. You don't have to go to Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Inverness, Dundee, Ayr to, to see factories in operation in these cities. You go on a ferry to Isla. You go on a ferry to Jura. You cross the sky bridge to sky. Um, like it's it's wild, and I, I mean that multiple senses of the word. It's wild where we make whiskey in Scotland. Mm. At the same time, that's where the solutions need to live for the the environmental problems created by industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, it. You're you're correct there. I really like what you said. That's where the solutions need to live. You know, think about Isla and in the fact that you, you can't get anything on and off without the use of a Calmac ferry. Yeah, and that's 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 barley. That's that's all sorts of things. That's yeast, you know. And then you get it off. That's this tankers of liquid and so on. And you know, it's it's we're living in a world where everything has a carbon footprint. And you need to understand that and you need to figure out ways to to best offset it. And, you know, looking through this article, it, it's clear there, there, there are no answers. There is not a single immediate answer. There's improving science and improving technology as the decades go on and on. But that's it. Correct, correct. I had the pleasure of of hanging out with Uncle Carl. Uh, he was in uh, D.C. for a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Uncle Carl, one of my dear friends from Moscow, Idaho, and 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 he's in the recycle business, and they're in the the business of of you know breaking down wind wind turbines mm-hmm. to then turn them into pellets that can then be used in other processes. And I went out for dinner with him and, and sat with three other chaps who are mm. all in the, the recycle business. Yeah. And the number of phone calls that they get on a daily basis that says, we would like to turn X into Y. 
or we would like to produce A without using B. And they're like, never been done. Let's have a conversation. Let's see what this would look like. Yeah. And it's it, it kind of dovetails a little bit with the comment I was making earlier, which is that's industry making demands of PhD scientists who, who, yeah. who operate in industrial labs. The consumer can also make demands of an industry that can then make demands of industrial labs yeah. containing PhDs, right? And, and that's why I've, I personally have been so forthcoming in talking about this through 2023, mm-hmm. because one of the things we've always prided ourselves on is empowering consumers, right? But it was always yeah. to get the yep. flavors that you like, to get the bottle that you want, to argue for the pricing that you want, that one didn't work. Uh, pricing <laughs> has just simply gone north. Yeah, but but we, we've always been about empowering consumers. And I think the conversation that we're having in 2023 and beyond mm. is about exactly that. Make these demands. Know that you can make these demands. And now with today's article, know that 140 Scotch distilleries are listening to the demands that you're making upon them. Now, the counter to that might be calm your jets if you want to see improvement tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it might take a little bit longer for your Lagavulin to come around or your Balveni to come around. Mm-hmm. But know that there's Nicknean. Know that there's Ardgowan. Know that there's Ardnamurkin. Right? Yeah. Know that other distilleries that we haven't named are trying to improve as well and educate yourself. I think you were right a moment ago when you said the industry needs to educate here, right? Individual brands need to make this a part of their marketing strategy. And by that, I do not mean greenwashing. I mean, articulating your efforts in a clear and concise way that consumers can get on board with you or pause yeah. their purchasing with you for the moment, knowing that they might return to purchasing with you in another couple of years or a few years. But it's a it's a bigger movement, right? And I, mm. I love that feeling that this is being heard and that this means something to the industry. I really liked what you said about having all of these distilleries and parent companies of these distilleries, if we're being honest, clearly communicating this to the consumer and educating the consumer. You clarified, you said you want the marketing team to do it, but not greenwash. As soon as I hear marketing, I think, oh, what bullshit story are they going to tell about some bullshit? No, this this is just real stuff. We're we're intelligent human beings. Talk to us as if we're intelligent human beings, and you can sell to us by just saying, "Hey, this is an issue with the climate. We're looking to do better by doing A, B, and C." And then you just update people. Hey, you know, just it doesn't have to be marketing bullshit. It could just be clearly yeah. communicated efforts. That's all. So. Speaking, I, I want to get us onto our peak conversation and then we'll have a, uh, yes, a little yes, chat. Yes, I, haven't, yes. I haven't seen too many sips from you as we've been going along oh, here. Oh, you I, know, I've been, I was. 
I've been working on my sips and I've been something inside. Uh, oh my God. Let me whip this me out. while I whip this out. I also got a little char that I've been working on over oh, here as well. There you go. Yeah. So we've got, uh, this is what's in our glass. Our Wolf Island Take Two, second collaboration with the Water of Life film. But before we get to, to that conversation, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want to circle us back because there was, as we're talking marketing, as we're talking bullshit, uh, also makes me think about early in One Nation Under Whiskey when we covered misconceptions, mm-hmm. right? There's a, there is a quote in the article from the author uh, that says, but Pete, the other ingredient we're holding off on, is also central to the deep traditions of many Scotch whiskies, helping to give them their smoky flavor. None of the major brands have changed their recipes. Well, if you're Glenlivet, you don't need to change your recipe. If you're Glenfiddich, you don't need to change your recipe. If you're Glenmorangie, you don't need to change your recipe. Right? You don't. You don't have to keep on going and potentially make an incomplete list, Jason. I was going to go through 128 distilleries. It's a tight 35, man. Right? Like, like I, I. I so he, here's one thing. So you are correct. I was correct. And there's a clarification that needs to be made here. Of the 140 distilleries, maybe 130 or so of them, or let's say maybe 10 of them are doing peat with regularity, and the rest are either not doing any peat whatsoever or maybe a little peat here and there. I think part of the reason why peated whiskey seems so prevalent with, within Scotch whiskey is is the sheer number of blends that are using a proportion of peated whiskey in the blend to to present a product. And the fact of the matter is the peated element tends to be a smaller part of that overall blend, but peat is very impactful in flavor. But if you were to really sort of put blends to the side and look at the distilleries directly, few of them are actually using peat and the big picture, and I do like I do like what the um, what the author said here at the end, because uh, he, he you know even though that he posts uh, a bit of a, a misconception about all of the how how prominent the peat is, um, he goes on to say something about it being well, it really is only about a pers- like one percent of the overall mm. peat usage. Um, I was correct for for the yeah. yes. Right. Which, which with losing ninety six percent from gardening centres, now makes uh, Scotch whisky the number one consumer of peat in Scotland. <laughs> come on, come on, come on! There are ways to spin things, and there are ways you shouldn't spin things. I think we just found the way you shouldn't. Well, we just had that in our conversation with uh, with Matt Hoffman at, at Westland, right? Like marijuana in the United States is using peat in a way that it's never used peat before. And so while Westland talks about using, you know, a very small portion, what was it, two cubed yards or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. From from 50,000 total acres uh, in the state of Washington. Um, it's a small, small, small percentage. It is being used. Right, which mm-hmm. brings me to my bigger point here, mm-hmm. uh, which piggybacks on what Annabelle Thomas was saying, which was we're in the business of a of an indulgence, right? We're, we're trying mm-hmm. to find ways to make our indulgence work environmentally, yeah. and and early in the article, 
William talks about uh, the Scotch whiskey industry being a seven billion dollar industry, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Se- worth <laughs> seven and a half billion in twenty twenty two. So right? much money, yeah. So right? much money. So on one hand, it's an indulgence for us as consumers. It's necessary from an industry standpoint. It's it's a behemoth, right? Uh, one would one would hope it's raising tax money somewhere, you know, even if that's London. <laughs> joke, 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 joke. Paging all elements <laughs> right now. Uh, rise up, rise up. Um, right. Should we be able to keep demanding peated scotchies if peat as as one mm-hmm. issue among other issues is problematic would it be beneficial if we turned around and said we can fix some of the energy problems to produce whiskey but the peat is a non-starter see i I th- I th- I think there is a potential way around it. Maybe, maybe not. There, we always have ways to change how we approach things. Let, let's look at let's look at America in the in the seventeen hundreds. Right there, there was a period in time where the growth of marijuana was required. If you had a farm, you had to grow marijuana specifically for hemp because Mm. the hemp was used for so many things. It wasn't necessarily like, let's grow this so everybody can get high. Hemp Mm. was just a very renewable resource that could be used for so many different things. I was sure you were going for whale oil with this analogy. And then you said marijuana and you just blew my mind. Marijuana usually does blow one's mind. Um, You know, so I, so I think I think of that solution, right? Like we can get back to using that. We can go. We could be using bamboo, like you know, Nick Neen, Arden Merck, and a few others are using wood chips to mm-hmm, be burning mm-hmm. things. What about bamboo? Bamboo can grow almost anywhere. Grows fast. It's incredibly renewable. Invasive um, you know, species. In fact, it's an invasive species, um, right? So you grow up, then you're getting rid of it, right? You can something that maintain. <laughs> it's a job growth opportunity, things like that, right? So, so there's ideas like that, um, but then you hear about those that are harvesting peat for for whiskey production, and they're shying away from digging deep trenches that that drain out the water, right? And, and maybe yeah. going more surface. And then putting the top back on so that they're not negatively affecting the peat bogs, killing them off and releasing all the carbon into the air. There are ways to do it that are better than ways we had previously had been doing it. And I th- and I think that's that's the approach. It's always to look for alternatives. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. We work in an industry that is an indulgence. It's a vice it is not required whatsoever, but because <laughs> it's not required, it's on us mm. to ensure that we're doing right by the by our planet and, and by those who live on it. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that as the perfect transition into our very delicately peated uh, take two. 
Uh, you can see our friends at The Water of Life here, uh, that wonderful film made by Greg Schwartz and the rest of the team over there. Uh, we've been working with them them closely. And uh, and there's there's some details. It is, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six casks. Uh, five of them are unpeated mm-hmm. from an island distillery. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say the distillery <laughs> so name. Close, so close. So close. <sighs> and one is peated from the same island distillery. This is a single malt, as you will see, single malt scotch whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a single unnamed island distillery with six casks bottled at... 48.8% alcohol and 1,600 bottles came to the United States of America. And and just, you pointed this out before, but, you know, this is, where is it? Take two. So this is the second batch in the series. And I've been doing a bunch of tastings, highlighting the, the two bottlings. Take one, which was released early-ish 2022, I want to say, or maybe late-ish 2021. I don't know how time works anymore. Um, and then and then this one, which was just released. And it's been really cool. It's been cool for, for, two, th- for two reasons. One, telling people about the Water of Life film. It's, it's amazing. I thought everybody knew about it. There's <laughs> right. so many people who <laughs> right. still need to, to see this film. It's, it really is. <laughs> it, it's, it's a nice nod to the craft of Scotch whiskey production, sort of through the lens of, of Brooke Lottie and, and, and some of the other producers. But it's been nice too. It's that? had two national showings in the United yeah. States, and we're still getting to tell people about it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, it was it was on PBS to the tune of two million viewers at one time watching it. Um, but the other thing that's been interesting, right, because take one, which doesn't say take one. It just says Wolf Island or it doesn't even say Wolf Island. It doesn't say Wolf Island. Um, it just has a sheep. <laughs> yeah, it just has a sheep. Boom. Uh, you know, take one and take two are whiskeys from the same distillery. We've we've told people that. We won't tell people what distillery it's from. But it's been so interesting to see how people are reacting. Like when we released the first one, everybody said, boom, please drink the whole bottle responsibly. 100%. Yep. 100%. 93 points in competition. We never put anything into competition because we don't have enough bottles. And uh, 1,600 bottles meant we put into competition. 93 points. Tickety-boo. And then, and then I do these tastings and I ask people, okay, which one did you like more, the first or second one? And more people like the second one even mm. more than the first one, which, mm-hmm. has been, which has been really cool. Do you think mm. people like new things? Everybody do you think that's like, me. do you like the yeah. new iPhone more than the last iPhone? And folk go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, they have technological improvements as they go through phones. iPhone. Barely, um, but <laughs> yes, I said it. I'll throw down the gauntlet. Come at me, Tim Cook. I'm on YouTube. You know where to find me. <laughs> so I had yeah. him walking over me there, talking to yeah. you on my MacBook Air well, with my phone beside me, my AirPod in my ear. <laughs> I know Apple's lawyers are coming over to you. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 just been it's been really it's been cool to see that because there there haven't been changes. It's it's the same recipe, right? It's it's six casks. It's five peated, one sorry, five unpeated, one peated, uh, between seven and nine years of age, all first fill bourbon, forty eight point eight percent alcohol. Just a different set of six casts to show that it's a separate batch. Yeah. Yeah. Bright, fruity, mm. bit of citrus, little bit of that peat to the bag, like a warming peat, um, a Highland style peat, I would say, rather than an Isla style peat. There's like really, a really, really rich, chocolatey, even. It's interesting that you get chocolate. My palate focuses on this sort of lemon meringue thing going on, almost a front, lime sure. meringue, right? Just this bright citrusy sweetness, key followed lime by lime. creamy. Yeah, yeah, but that creamy. Qu- there you go, key lime. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did do you and have then, a favorite? Oh, god. Oh gosh, do I do I have a favorite no, pie? No, 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 no. Well, we could talk about favorite pies. Um, <laughs> Easy. Cherry, just just for those keeping score at home. She's my cherry pie. Yeah. I liked it before the song, but yeah, there okay. is a song about my favorite pie. Anyway, what were you going to ask? Well, I, I interrupted you, and you were going to say something, and, and I have a feeling we may have lost it. I was just going to go on about the pepper, right? Where does the pepper mm. manifest? How does it play around that liminess, that brightness, that fruitiness, that little bit of smoke, right? I just... I 100% stand by it. You and I rail against marketing bullshit all the time. Okay. That hashtag has never been truer than it has been with Wolf Island 1 and Wolf Island 2. Like, this was one sitting with the Wolf, uh, the Water of Life team in DC. We hit it and we kept hitting it. And we nearly recycled the bottle on the Monday after popping the Vino Seal on the Friday. Um it's just incredibly drinkable. Even sitting here talking to you, it's hard not to pound it. And we really do say hashtag please pound it responsibly. Oh, that's a different podcast you and I do. Oh, that's a different that's a completely that's a different, different podcast. podcast. Yeah. So it's what were you gonna really ask me? Fun. Since we gotta get out here in a tight thirty-five. Nah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> As I grew up with my father saying, shoot as shite, shoot as shite, <laughs> shoot as shite, Josh, I won't forget something. So l- let me, day. yes, I will. I, You know what? Because I'm con- I'm a considerate lover. I'm a considerate person, I knew person, you were going to say that. I knew you could not say considerate without saying lover after it. Go easy. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you got your thing. And listen, we, we are towards the end here. So, um Last things I'll say is for this Wolf Island Take Two, it's yeah. just now hitting store shelves, and it continues to to go out there. It's not in every market, but you could check out WineSearcher.com or you can email office at impexbev.com and, and they'll help you find that. a bottle Fantastic. for sure if you'd like. Um, I think this should be around eighty-ish dollars, eighty eighty-five dollars on on the shelf somewhere around there. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if it went as high as 90 in some markets, but it's good to hear you can hold out for 80 in other markets. It always yeah, gets right. controversial when suppliers start naming oh, retail prices. Retailers you can get this it. five bucks. Five exactly, bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Retailers hate it. <laughs> if a retailer didn't take a margin on it. No. Anyway. Uh, so, so there's that. I wanted to get that out there because 
because it is it's such a great drinker and i'd hate there's only 1600 bottles i would hate for people to to lose out the other thing that i wanted to say as well is uh just just a reminder to people that this youtube is also going to be a podcast but if you're a youtube viewer and not much of a podcast listener, or maybe you're starting to get into podcasts, please check out One Nation Under Whiskey. We've been doing that podcast for seven years. Absolutely. There's so much content for you to go back to and, and listen to. And uh, and if you're if you are a podcast listener and you want to dip a toe into the world of YouTube, like I really do have hair for a YouTube for YouTube content. And Jason well, he's here. Um, so, <laughs> um, Someone has last, to be the brains of the operation. <laughs> the last thing that I will say is uh, we, we would really love for you to sub- subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would love for you to share the news about our YouTube channel because it's not just One Nation Under Whiskey that we're putting there. We're going to be putting together some live events between just just me and Jason, we're going to have some guests on as well. We're we're building this stuff out, and the easiest way to to learn about it is to be subscribed to uh, to our channel. So yeah, that's the exact point I was going to add on to the end of that. Joshua is our YouTube subscribers will get to be right there with us on our live versions of Extra Extra. Our podcast listeners will have the opportunity to hear it when it drops on the the following Wednesday. Um, But but here we are on YouTube having the funds. Uh, Drop us an email if you fancy it. We we got emails of today's story and we actually followed through and used them. So thanks to Kevin. Thanks to James. uh, Thanks to others who who mentioned it to us along the way. And you can email us either questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com, no E in whiskey, or info at singlecasknation.com. Com. And Joshua, we have a question in the info account that we will be using on the next One Nation Under Whiskey. Lovely jubbly. I'll tell you, I like what you said before, having the funds. That's so much better than having the runs. Am I right? Speaking of, gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Joshua, <All right>. viewers, <laughs> listeners, we're all in this together. Let's be conscientious consumers. And until next time, we're going to hear, like we always do, by saying peace. Peace.